You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast. This is Aaron Jones. This is Chandler Smith, and I hate long intros, so let's get into it. Yeah, it's not as bad anymore. Well, that was the thing people would say. But on that, though, like, I would, I mean, okay, I understand. Some ammo is cleaner than others. But I clean my gun. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't during the season. No, but, you. I mean, it takes a lot to malfunction some of these now, even with dirty shots. You yeah, know what I mean? They, they can, can handle get, a lot. If it's inertia-driven, springs can get pretty rough. Like I shoot a, a SP2. Like That's what I shoot. It's hard to mess that gun up. But, yes, I mean, I get it. I just, you know, I don't know if... Did you put a different spring in your SBE? I don't have a Super Black Eagle. Oh, what do you... I've got an M2. Oh. Hmm. That's right. I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, but yeah. it's just, what, a year or two old? Mm-hmm. I upgraded the spring in mine. Chandler, yep. you upgraded the spring in yours? Yep. My gun's not even, doesn't even look like anything. Factory anymore? Yeah, no. Cerakoted from black to a brown. SPE1. And it's got a sure cycle spring and tube in the back of the, in the, in the stock and everything like that. Got better you know, bolt handle on it and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do they do? Uh, I think they do. Do you add on the charging uh, handle? The longer, yeah, handle. Yeah, that's, yeah, the charging handle. Yeah, I did on mine. I feel like I would like that. Yeah, there a lot of new guns are coming easier. with really nice ones now. Anyways, right, better than the typical one that we had back in the day. Yeah, I had to get one for my Winchester because mine fell out. Oh, oh. it did. <laughs> that's a bit rough. Yeah. So on the hunt? No, well, yeah, it was during turkey season though, so it was really not that big a deal. I just use a truck key at the end of the hunt and unload my gun. Yeah, jeez. Especially if you're wearing a little bit gloves or anything. Gloves. I'm a no gloves guy. I don't like gloves either. And it doesn't matter how cold it gets. Yeah. At most, I'll do a thin Mm -hmm. layer, and then uh, just use a hand muff. Or what about for bow hunting? No gloves. Um, I have the, what's the lightest Sitka pair, just the, like the early season ESW gloves with like no fingers, no thumb or yeah trigger finger, index finger, sure. index finger. on the tips. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to feel, yeah, you know what I'm doing. I don't like gloves either. When no, I'm throwing none for bow hunting, time I... especially none for gun season. I'm definitely... I don't want a big puffy glove, you know, and trying to feel that trigger pull and, you know, I can't smooth. call with gloves on. I just, it sounds, no, no it, it, it never sounds good. Oh, the good. calling. Yeah. yeah I, I get, some people do, but I can't get around it. All right. You can tell this podcast is after lunch. Yes. Oh, oh we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on, baby. Very nice. Welcome back to <laughs> Rogers, Rogers Podcast. This is a little bit of banter begin before we yeah, started. I like it. Guess we've got to take it seriously now. I mean, oh, no. kind of, Josh, you're yeah. the only one who's waterfowl hunted at the time of we have recorded this podcast. Yeah. Um, 
because we haven't, I mean, this podcast is going to go out late September, early October, maybe. Probably late September. Late September. Yep. This is going to be a... You went and chased those teal birds. Yeah. I mean, I've been at it for a few weeks now with early goose in North Dakota, teal hunting. It's starting. Mm-hmm. You've been teal, dove, and, and goose. goose. Yep. Yeah. He's he's knocked the rust off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, big time. I'm still searching for all my gear. Yes, same. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm going dove hunting this coming weekend, so I will have dove hunted by the time this airs. Okay. I haven't yet, so I'm the second weekend hunter. I had to mow the sunflowers the first weekend. So what were duck numbers like? What did you feel like? Did you feel like you saw a good amount of ducks, maybe not just teal, but big ducks? or? or... You know, where I was in Nebraska, it was kind of hard to say because it's been so dang dry. Like, we had to work really hard to find water out there. But the water I did find did have some birds on it. I mean, we shot a three-man of teal in 20 minutes on Tuesday morning, so that was pretty nice. I don't know what took you so long. I don't know, man. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, there was good numbers of birds, but it's still really early. We need some colder weather and some more water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Colder weather, yeah. With less water up there, should that help? I mean... If we have water, shouldn't it help push them? Well, western Would they push quicker? Cent- central and western Kansas is dry too, mm-hmm. so it's hard to say what's, out there? what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cheyenne Bottoms is bone dry. Really? Not a lick of water there. Really? Yeah. None. We get a lot of... And none of the pools. None of the pools. Interesting. Hmm. So we get a lot of people that love going out there that come to the store yeah i'm curious what it's going to be like because we did that podcast with fred and he said you know a million acres in north dakota didn't even get planted because they had too much water so if they don't have food and then parts of kansas and nebraska don't have water like interesting yeah they'll either concentrate on what water there is or they're just gonna probably push on through yeah so if you find the water and the food hang on yeah right should be good though i mean north dakota i saw just Amazing numbers of blue winged teal and wood ducks. They just haven't pushed in yet. Yeah. Or at least down to Nebraska where you guys were. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was good numbers. We just had to work really hard to find where they were. Shoot mainly blues? Yeah. One green wing on Tuesday. The rest were blue. And where was that at? Nebraska. Nebraska is where you went to, honey. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. We... Well, I don't... You'd be hunting your... Uh, <laughs> neighborhood ponds with the fountains because that's where yeah. the water's at yes around <laughs> some of these parts yeah it's still early though but it, like every year it, seem, it seems like late september and through october we get a lot of rain mm-hmm. at least here locally it's, it's ironic i've noticed in the last several years trying to plant a lot more food plots than i used to august really isn't the dry month now it's september i've seen it seems like the trend that september is more of the dry month so Really? Uh, uh, yeah. You, I mean, you prefer to... Well, a lot of things I like to plant in September just because you get less weed competition. But, you know, August used to be the dry month when everything would burn up, and now I think it's September. Like, I, up where I farm, like, I, I don't think there's been rain for two or three weeks now. Two yeah, weeks for been, sure. Yeah. And I don't think there's any in the two-week forecast, maybe like a 40% chance. Is I mean, temperature... I mean, we still have some 90 days... Coming up here, probably looking right, at the long range. Like opening day bow season. Yeah, it's always ninety degrees. It will be, but like four days, <laughs> exactly. before, four days before opening day of bow season, it's, it's like, like 70. seventy. That's it. Always happens. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at. 
upper 80s, 90, 91. And then it, not that this is cold, but it drops to 80. Look out. At the end of September. Isn't Sunday supposed to be like 70-something? Yeah, Sunday is a, a cold day. So you need to break out your hoodie. It's going to be 75. Yeah. <laughs> but but with just the temperature-wise, we're I mean, we're still, you know, oh, you're talking yeah. about pushing down. Nothing's going anywhere. Of course, that's around here. So obviously you would suspect it changes well, earlier north. But it seemed, Well, for me, like I do a lot of traveling in the early season. So I bounce around where seasons are open between, you know, Nebraska and central Kansas and going through – hunting teal early September and then big duck early in October. And it, even big duck in early October, tons of blue wings are around. So, I mean, it's hard to say what's going to happen with teal season being, you know, it's hot, it's dry. We're just kind of getting those calendar birds moving through right now. But, you know, by October, I think things could probably be looking pretty good, especially with the blue wing hatch. We had those early, early October hunts. I think it's going to be lights out. So, I mean, I got some duck numbers in front of front of me on my iPad here. Um, do you know the, the blue wing numbers? They're up like 27%, aren't they? From 2019, they're up 19%. Interesting. That, and that's blue wing? Well, well, that's wrong. A, in, but you are right. This is 27% over the long-term average. Okay. Yeah, you, you did have you did a 20% right. Nin, from 2019, we're up 19%. So we're at 68 Four eight five million blue wing. Bring them on. I like that. But uh, what about green wing? I think green wings are down, aren't they? So on the long term average, they're zero and no no change. But from twenty nineteen, thirty two percent down. That's interesting. Really? Yeah, I think yeah. the only ducks that are up from twenty nineteen are blue wings and redheads. Yeah, he's already schooled on all this. Yeah, I've what's, and I've, what's the mallard numbers then? What do you what do you think they are, Pat? Well, I would suspect they're down based off of what I'm seeing in the area. So if I was throwing out a number, twenty five, thirty percent. Yeah, twenty three percent down from twenty nineteen, but it's only a nine percent drop from long term average. Well, here's the thing about these surveys that I think a lot of people don't understand, is that these numbers that were published are just the birds before they had their nests and hatched. So that's just counting the reproducing birds. It's not counting any birds from this year's hatch. But with the current water conditions up north and how the hatch was, it sounds like there was a lot of successful nests due to the drought conditions in years prior having an impact on the tertiary predators. And then lots of water, lots of water. So less predators, more water, Better nesting conditions. Yeah, exactly. So we should have a lot of young birds moving. Those are the fun ones to hunt. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> should make next year's numbers from this year go up. Is that what well, you're saying? Well, they got to survive to get back up there. But if they survived. Yes. So they're taking the count mm -hmm. pre-hatch. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so this year's hatch, which is plus the hatch that was counted, mm -hmm. if whatever makes it through, and then they'll recount next year before the hatch, you would hope then... Hopefully next the year numbers the numbers will be up. ...would go up from this sure. year. Sure, because okay. if, if it continues on a downward trend, we could see some issues as far as limits, limits and, and season mm -hmm. dates. Yeah. Which when, do I hope they, we don't get to that point. Is there? Do they look at, um, on the waterfowl side, 
does it change year to year? Or do they go every four and then decide, okay, do we want to change anything or is it? I think Just that a there's, a, there's a committee that meets every year in the federal level uh-huh. and they look at the data and then say, okay, here's what we suggest for the limits and season dates. And then it goes to the states to choose what they're setting their state limit and season dates as. But it could change year to year. Yes. Gotcha. It all depends on the numbers of ducks. So the 29th, October 29th, would be the first start of the season for Missouri. Is that northern? North, north zone. North, so zone. north. That's really late. Um, October, what is it? 29th. You think that's late? Well, Mid- I'm going to be hunting big ducks on October 3rd well, this year. So middle middle well, zone. Nebraska, though. Or maybe October 1st this year. I don't remember. Which I can't remember. Is middle zone now where we're at now by Smithfield? Because yes. didn't it get changed? I think they moved us to middle zone. No, it was. It's always in middle. They didn't move the line, but it's we've, you know, north middle of north of KC has been. South. Right. Middle zone used to be. Did it used to be thirty six? I thought it used to be, but they yeah. changed it and they went like south of thirty six. Like, ah, heck, I don't know. But let's just say you're around the Kansas City area. Yeah. That's middle zone. Yep. Yeah. Everywhere that, I hunt is either and definitely that's middle November fifth. Yeah. November fifth. Yeah, November fifth. And then south zone. Um, is November 24th. Jeez. And then there's a split. So it's they do 24th to 27th. Does the North Does Zone the, have a split? Um, no, it doesn't. So they'd run straight through from October 29th to December, December 27th. 20th. No split. Yep. So you're just rocking and rolling. The South Zone, they do a quick three-day November 24th to 27th. Really? What's Middle do? And we got a week. Split, and then you do the s- December seventh to the thirty first, and South. That's youth, which is different. Just had it here. Is the Missouri side still four greenheads? Do we know? Uh, for where? Missouri. Yeah, four. And no, is it? Um, don't look at me. I barely hunt in Missouri. You're not in Missouri. Kansas is what five? Five. Yeah. Two hens. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it's four and two. No more than two hens. Okay, so the south. No, I said south, right? You were wondering if there was a split in the middle zone. There is. Middle. Well, yeah. By law, there has to be a yeah, split. Yeah, November fifth to the thirteenth. So they run a little longer to start split for a week and then the 19th of november to january 8th he said northern zone doesn't have a split though north zone doesn't that's interesting i thought that they like run federally sp- you were required to have a split in your yeah season. they run straight i don't think so splits are kind of new to missouri for middle zone splits are mm-hmm. new to missouri in general yeah i mean it wasn't three or four years ago we didn't have days, a, yeah. we didn't have a split right and that was to so what i so for middle zone, typically around oh. here, but that late season when you get it gets tough with well, ice it's and stale all. birds too. Yeah. They're always tough. So what's Kansas season? Well, it depends on the zones. It's all split up except it, it goes east to west. But yeah. big ducks is split just in zones. Yeah. So you got a few different zones. You got the early zone, late zone, southeast zone, and I think the high plain zone. Jeez. 
And they all have different season and it's dates. It's quite a ways across the state, so mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So generally, you know, you have your splits starting somewhere around December and then opening back up in January. How yep. late? How late do they go in January? Last week of January, basically. There's yeah, a the season. Last, it goes to like the last Sunday of January. But wasn't that the thing? Kansas had a longer season yeah. than Missouri. Central Flyway versus Mississippi Flyway. We get mm-hmm. longer season dates. Yeah. Because I think you guys only get 60 days, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Kansas gets like 76. Or so, yeah, it's, I was going to say 75, 76. Somewhere up there. I feel like it always comes and goes irregardless. Just like here and then it's like you're done but you get a good goose season too yeah mm-hmm. three birds though we gotta shoot six. three though yeah it is wild that one you know, side of like the river or the te- other teal season's here opens up what in a week saturday oh is it this saturday yeah that's right but then but then it's so long to wait for big duck season yeah, yeah. that's crazy because du- ducks and coot season yeah. Yes. Don't so, forget about them coots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's here's why I like to do what I do because I travel around quite a bit. You know, you know he migrates I, with the zones I, too. I, I do. I migrate a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually seven hours tops really for a hunting trip. But um, I'll hunt teal from like the first Saturday in September, and I'll have opportunity to hunt it until you know like the last weekend of September. And then I'll have five days with no hunting. And then that next Saturday, big back ducks. Up, back up north. And you're back at it. Back at it. Mm-hmm. You got five days of chores around the house. Yeah. yeah. Wash yeah. your clothes. Get it, get it. Get your gear all sorted out. Put some gas in the boat. Make sure everything's t- white tight and right before the, the big wind comes through. Right. What was your setup for the teal? We... Uh, we had a couple of teal hunts. So one time we set up on the edge of a farm pond in the SCB blinds. So that was that was pretty easy. But then the, on Tuesday we went out to a little public spot and we took some knockout blinds and laid out layouts. Did you see a bunch of other people? Was everybody no excited we were, we to were, get out there? We were the only ones at that spot for the public area. For the public spot, yeah. We got lucky. Dang. There was plenty of water though, so I wasn't really that concerned about it. Hmm. Quick in and out, 20 minute, three man. Right. Loved it. I can't. I mean, there's time we talk about, you know, the hatch and things changing. And like we talk about it, at least from around here standpoint. And when I talk about my duck hunting experience, it's all localized. Mm -hmm. So within the Kansas City region, you know, if I'm doing a draw or something like Bob Brown or down south at like Shell or what is it? Four Seasons or... Four Rivers. Four, four rivers. rivers. Four Seasons is a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I stayed at the Four Seasons hunted Four Rivers. Um, but Smithville Lake's kind of the main area, and it just changed. Oh, yeah. So much. The migration has changed. My, I'd go out with Dad, and y- you could hunt the fronts and just smack them. And now you hunt the fronts, and you just... Look at the sky. Yeah. And and figure Bird out watching. if anybody will deliver food out to the boat ramp to you. Yes. Bird watching. Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, it has changed. It. I feel like the migration has moved west, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, 
I know we're on ducks, but you talk about, uh, is it Sumner? Is the goose capital or whatever they they call it? They have the big goose festival in Sumner, Missouri, and the big... They do have the goose festival. Yeah, it's like might a big, say that they're the goose be, capital of the world. Well, it or used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be a huge thing. That was like the migration pattern. Like yeah. back in the day, back when Ira was, you know, mm-hmm. hunting at the tops of trees or whatever that story he told him that one time. Oh yeah. And uh, but it's not like that. You know, there's it's just crazy how much stuff changes over. Yeah, yeah, I I don't years. I don't doubt that things have changed, but if you think about it, when was the last time we had like a real big cold snap in like early December? Right. So that too, because you do want to hunt cold snaps and fronts, and when you get that push, and it seems like it it never correlates. It'll, I feel like around here now, if you've got the great spot and you've got you know flooded corn and you know an awesome place. Habitat wise, mm-hmm. then yes, you're always going to draw in some fowl. But sure. for for the public area that's maybe not manicured as much to the fowl, it seems to be a little harder. But a lot of that is based off weather too. And my gosh, by the time the cold snap comes and you feel like you're going to get a good push and then the season's done. Well, January is the new December. Yeah. I mean, weather wise. All the good cold weather comes in January and your seasons are closed. I mean, there's time we talk about, you know, hunting coming up next week. You start bow hunting and it's like we're talking 90 degrees, 90 degrees, almost in mid 80s till the end of September. In October, there's times it's it's still, you know. But here's the thing is like this time next year, it could be completely different. Yeah. The um, farmer's almanac says we're going to have a crazy winter. They say that every year, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like I don't remember a year over the past like three or four years where it hasn't said prepare for extremely cold weather and lots of snow. Yeah, it's like well that never happens. Long cold winter. I bought so a snowblower and we stopped getting snow. I know that. Do you remember what was it like two years ago in like late October, we had that real big cold snap come through. Yeah, yes. put all the ducks down during youth season, and then yeah, by, by the by, right. regular yeah. season comes around, they're all stale and gone. We got that like two inches of snow too. Yeah, and that was I remember that specifically because I had an event that I had to go to, and I wasn't hunting that weekend, and I was getting pictures and videos from all my friends that were out. Oh my! Was that gosh. in your like five day split? No, no, it was after that. <laughs> but <laughs> honey, do um, things. Yes, but it was just crazy because they were shooting like. Limits of mallards with an extra pintail in October. Jeez. What the heck? But all it is, it's cold weather. It's all you need. Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, I want to say, you see a lot more golden eyes and stuff around. Yeah. Is it Smithville now? Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on them golden eyes. Yeah, if you look at the Northeast, you look at the Northeast survey, which is a, a different survey. I think they talk about how it's in... Canada, northeastern states like Virginia to Maine, uh-huh. the golden eyes are up 23% from 2019. We smacked them there once. Yeah, and and, and, and on this report, Josh, mergansers are up 13%. I was getting ready to say, mm. and... Are we talking and, common mergansers or hooded mergansers? They grouped them together, common, yeah. red-breasted, and hooded. But you see more of those, well, those too. It's around to Smithville, you see a lot more mergansers. <laughs> Good old lawn darts. yes. Yeah, a lot more mcgansers and golden eyes around this area. I prefer to let them fly on by. Save the trout. Shoot a merganser. Yes. Okay, I can get on board with that. 
All right. I guess the Merganza. I'm an just... equal opportunity foul hunter. Mm-hmm. If it flies, like it dies. That's I like Pat's motto. Well, I, you know, I like to hunt, so mm-hmm. I shoot ducks. So an interesting bird on this report is the redheads, and you talked about it earlier. Um, did you see? Did you feel like when you were doing some diver hunts last year, you were seeing a lot of redheads? No, nah, the redheads always move out real early in the year. We gotcha. get. I personally, I've noticed like higher concentrations of redheads, you know, throughout November, and after that, not really seeing a whole lot of them. Gotcha. Is that one up or down? Oh, it's way up. Way up. Redheads. It's thirty six percent up from the long term average, and thirty five from twenty nineteen. Wow. I love a good redhead shoot. They're so stupid. Really? Oh, my gosh. I think I've only ever shot one, like, and it was by accident. Like gadwalls? Like, yeah. Well, some people will argue with you on the gadwall thing. But, yeah, I've had so many experiences where redheads, it's like the only thing you shoot that day, but you shoot your two because they're just dumb. I like shooting gray ducks. Oh, I love I love gray ducks, and they do it right. For me, at least. I don't know. What other people struggle with, but those gray ducks, they just... Man, a good mature drake that was pretty, too. Oh, I yeah. Ju- I just struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You need to probably open up your choke tube a little bit, Pat. I need to. I just need to go with you guys. Shoot a modified or maybe maybe improved. I don't know. I've been shooting a decoy tube this season. I'm yeah. really liking it. Yeah. Go IC, man. I, I've, improved I, cylinder. Yeah, all I've ever shot is a modified choke. And I opened it up this year to a decoy choke, and I'm absolutely loving it. I need yeah. to do you shooting more. the 12 or 20? 12? 12 gauge. Yeah. I need to do some more river hunting. So you did open it up quite a bit then. Mm-hmm. The water stays open longer. It I does. Sh- I shot a dove at 75 yards with a decoy tube. Really? Oh, yeah. It was the luckiest shot I've ever made in my life, but I, I acted like I meant to do it. <laughs> that one's mine. Always fun. Oh yeah, seventy-five yards. Would you? What kind of lead did you put on that? About four pickup trucks. <laughs> 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 That's about how big my pattern was at one, that point. Yes, one fifties or two fifties. Long beds, short beds. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna just say the long beds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just put her out in front and let her fly. He aimed the next state over. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Uh, so seeing see blue wing teal up so much, that's just going to benefit the southern states, you think? Or do you think we're going to see it? I never, in big duck season, not talking about just our teal season, even our teal season, I blue wings are them, yeah. in and out so fast. And then we're just, we get green wing all, all season long. But blue wings we don't see hardly at all in Missouri's teal season, and then we don't, we don't see them at all during big duck During season. big duck. Very rarely. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, maybe Louisiana's going to have a heyday with those blue wings down there or something. They could. South Texas could, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the early October hunts when the blue wings are still around because that's, that's, for the most part, that's what I've been shooting in, like, early October is just blue wings. Well, there's nothing wrong with a full-on, full full toe to teal. Oh, no. In a, in, a, in a big duck season, if I go home with a full full toe to teal, I'm – Happy, I'm oh, I'm man. hungry. So why is one up and one down on the teal? Different nesting habitats. Yeah, green wings nest a lot further north. They're more of the boreal forest nesters. Yeah, oh. and, we, and I also see green wings all the way in the the end of our duck season. 
Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've shot green wings in January. Yeah, I've shot them in December for sure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They look amazing in oh, December well, yeah. and January. <laughs> yes, they do. So with season coming up quick, you guys have any new gear that you're wanting to pick up or try this year? Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, well, well, I know you have talked about, and I'm interested to see them in person, is the Flock of Flicker 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're they're almost here. I think. Well, by yeah, the time supposedly this, they were here, and then yeah. we went and checked, and they weren't. So I mean, they're 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 good. They, sh- they could be here today. We don't know. Well, right. by, by yeah, the time this true. this podcast airs, we'll they're probably on the website. Probably. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's definitely something I want to see. I kind of want to get them out, play with them. Obviously, we'll make a video over it. Yeah, but we'll I want to see video. what they look like. Throw them in the waiter tank, see how they float. But those definitely pique my interest. I'm yeah. with Josh on that. I'll come up with, I. There's probably a few things, but on top of that. Um, the you're always getting new boats and kayaks and stuff. Oh, you got a new boat coming. The boat we had ordered, uh, that w- they build and whatever it was going to take forever. It's been nine months now. Did they call you? Ten months. They called last week or a couple days ago, maybe, and it'll be here like November first. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the too, boat will be not too bad. The motor, yeah, you need a motor too. Uh, so the motor's not going to be ready until December. Oh, yeah. So we might not even be able to use it this year. I'm just, and I'm just trying just to think get a about trolling it. motor. Well, they're trying, trying to, to talk about... us into the thing is like a tugboat. I mean, it's heavy duty. This boat is, and we made it bigger because we wanted it. They're like, oh, for an extra whatever, you can go from it was four to six or six to eight people. I think it's going from six to eight. Just for more room. Mm-hmm. And the guy was trying to talk us into um, two motors for how heavy the boat is. Really? Because with the motor that's on there, it only goes like 15 miles an hour. Hmm. What kind of like two outboards? So, In I, tandem? Yeah, I need to, uh, while we're on here, I can I'll try to a get barge. a picture how of big, it. How big of a boat is it? Oh, was it a 20 footer? Yeah, I think so. Let me... Uh, yeah, go in the ocean? <laughs> well, my dad goes, um, I don't really want to take that out on the river to start with. When you can only go 15 miles an hour, like, you know what I mean? You want some speed if you need it. Mm-hmm. But the what stinks is the whole, really why I brought it up is like, it's going to be December and then, yeah, you know, it's like if things start freezing up and it's just... Mm-hmm. Like gosh dang, we'll be crappie fishing on it in the spring, well, testing it out. <laughs> that works. Too. It does have shade though, so you know we could be out there in the hot days. Is it a center console? Um, I'm gonna try to get a picture of it. I had the old specs on it, but I'd kind of like to see a picture of this boat. Yeah, so I can show you. They had a good video. I had a video on it, but I was. I'll try to find it here. I think Josh likes boats. He might have one or two. Or four. Or four. Six. Mm. <laughs> what do I have? One, two, three. Well, how big's your how big's I your John six. boat? I got six. John boat is sixteen seventy. Sixteen seventy. Mm-hmm. And you run a what kind of motor you run on that? It's a twenty three horse surface drive. Surface drive. I wish I got the twenty seven. Really? Yeah, twenty three is a little bit you know, underpowered. 
when it's got a full load in it, but when it's empty, it's it's perfect. Got it. So I'm not really trying to get anywhere fast anyway. Keeps me out of trouble. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. So, I mean, for gear, I think I am probably will replace my duck spread this year probably. Mm. Ooh, that's a big move. That is a big move. I Old. mean, yeah. What are we talking, four, five, six dozen? Dozen. I think I'm going to go, I'm not going to go that big maybe. Maybe three dozen mallards. And then It'll probably end up being six. But like three dozen mallards and then some yeah. bonus. Some bonus. You updating rigs too? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I have I have cable or steel cable rigs, but I made them myself, so I think I want to go with nicer ones. Gotcha. Care to care to sh- indulge or share what you're going to be going with? I got to decide. I'm going to do an EVA floater, and I'm going to decide. I think I'll do FA Live floaters um, for all of them, or for your mallards, or for I think for all of them. Um. And I, I got to decide if I want flocked heads or painted heads. That's the big decision. Because mm-hmm. we just got in EVA mallards. Painted heads. That are painted. They're all painted. So they're a little bit, you bulk bag them, don't bag them, drag them around yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you don't have to slot bag them. And I, I feel like every time I bring out my Dakotas or something, they're always in slotted bags and they take extra time to pick up and, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I gave up on that a long time ago. I know. Yep. You're still running those deco- flocked head lives without slots yeah on the on the, on the decoy i yep. do the same thing i've got a, i don't i don't slot my flock heads i got them to use not to baby mm-hmm. but yeah i just want to i got a really mixed bag right now um a lot oh, of my everything bo- a lot of my bonus ducks for ghg which are great they're just old eight years old now i don't know i'd like to get them get them to somebody or you know, get paint. them to, to a new hunter kind of mm-hmm. thing. Or you could paint them black and white, make your diver spread. Yeah. Come on. Full body field coat. That's what you need. Take your full bodies. It's called a, uh, the brand is Gator Tracks. I think I've heard of that. The model's yeah. called a Gator's Camp. Um, Are we sharing pictures? I'm going to, I'll pull up a picture. So Gator Camp Gator Trek. You have to explain to the listeners what it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're talking about gear. Um, last year, we did kind of a big revamp on our spread and went with a one-piece EVA uh, final approach. Uh, switched all of our – anything we had left with um, old rigs, you know, mm-hmm. wrapping them strap and strap weights. weights. Yep. Switched all over to – Texas rigs. Texas rigs, steel-coated cables. So we can hang them up. Everything's, mm-hmm. you know, made sure all of our bags. So we did quite an overhaul last year. So I don't know. I don't know how much we'll, with the boat, it's like, you know. Yeah. And then money to, to, we'll probably go into brushing it in and, you know, that undertaking. Mm-hmm. So uh, F.A. Tough Brush and, and Sheet Grass and I all might, that. I might throw in, I might mix my mileage with, Final Approach and GHG. The XD Mallards have their own look, and the Final Approach have their own look. So if mm-hmm. you if you kind of mix those, and then of course GHG that has the January Mallards now. Oh geez, yeah, they're bright. 
Oh, yeah. so, I've, I mean, seen, you I've could, seen that boat before. You could go with yeah. the XDs that are a little bit different than the Final Approach Lives Pretty that excited. are a little bit different than the Januaries. Yeah. Like you could, you could go, you could get some serious. I'll let you guys action. look at it first. It's a big Holy cow! Let me see it. So we went with what's that picture show? How many seats does it show on the one picture there? Because we upped it. So it's it a, shows four. You would you make so it six? So we went to six. Imagine Jeez. a twenty foot aluminum twenty foot boat. Yeah. Okay. Flat bottom. And flat bottom. But the and throw of, a pit blind on top. Yeah, and throw, basically throw a pit throw blind a six on top. person pit blind metal pit. That's blind. exactly not what just this no is. not like. A quick set blind where you have right. poles and D Metal rings roof, and D clips. The fold deal with the flop down cover. Yeah. Cover. Jeez. Yeah. And it looks like is there is that a dog box on the side? I think we didn't do the dog box. We might have did something. And maybe that's why we went to six. We got rid of the dog box. Bro, how do you drive this thing? Well, I don't know. Poke your head out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No. It, I, I don't. I don't know on the driving thing yet. <laughs> it's got autopilot. I'll figure it out when we get it and put it in the water. But How are you going to crappie fish off of that? Does the blind come off? No. It's so it's, one a, it's piece. a very, very unitask boat. It oh, is very waterfowl oriented. I think you steer from back here. Isn't that a... But... Yeah, you do. I think you stand and you'll see over the blind. Yeah. Not very okay. well, but angles. you will be. Yeah. Does it have a console or is it a tiller? It, no, it's a tiller. It's a tiller. It, well, yeah, so you're behind the blind. I, that's well, what it I'm looks trying like to It looks like the driver's seat's to like one side, so you can look behind the blind when you're from a seated position. It's strictly for waterfowl. <laughs> but what we wanted to do is, one, you don't have to worry about where you go. You can get in super shallow water. Um, please show up to a bass tournament in that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big... Please, please show up to a bass tournament in that. But I'm pretty excited. It's got the shelving behind you, plenty of gear. No, but it does have a sink and stove and refrigerator. And it's kind of like... Does a, it have all that? Know, it's a mud motor type. You could you motor. could easily hook up a refrigerator and a propane like yeah. range. You easily. Could you could put a and sectional th That's that why thing. we went to six, because typically only four of us are going at a time. But having the extra two, you know, for heater, gear. Yeah, propane heater, propane range, propane like refrigerator, like in a camper, and you've got everything you need. Jeez. Front deck storage hatch, interior shelves, full length brush rail pipes. Man, I'll tell you what, in that thing, it's it wrapped even matter in, if there's no ducks. You're just having a good time. It's wrapped in hog wire, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So it'll already have, you know, you're just. Waterproof tight gun holders, everything. Yeah, racks I'll, I'll for hang hanging out. gear inside. I'll hang out and cook breakfast. I don't have. We'll have that. to. We should all go some and do a podcast from the boat. Ooh, from the boat, yeah. podcast from the new boat. Yeah, from the Gator Camp Gator Trail. Josh, you down to come over to Missouri to do a podcast? And we'll see. Probably not shoot a lot of ducks if we go to Smithville, but we can sightsee and. There's kind of a better picture inside. So you got like all that storage behind the seats. And oh yeah. Like, jeez. So you can put a lot of a lot of gear. It in It is there. like a pit blind on on, it on floating. And it's not coming off. You're just in there, <laughs> hanging out. Hanging out. The steering it will be different. It's a big tiller motor, and you're just kind of like peering out the side of your barge. Now, 
it, it looks like the deck is big enough outside of the blind that mm-hmm. when you gotta get rid of coffee, I think you can walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's fully plumbed with a toilet. Come on. Yes, exactly. It might be one in there. Knowing my dad, <laughs> we'll have one in there. But that'll be that's kind of our thing this year. I know it's we did a full revamp last year, so dad's got now we need to go through it and get it all prepped make sure you're not searching for stuff this year did you say what you were going for gear wise this year Mm. you know i'm those flock of flickers have me interested i'm really curious about those things Mm -hmm. he's also he's also got all the new new sneak boats and stuff oh yeah i got got the new four rivers boat got the mo marsh boat got I would All prefer kinds of stuff to play with there. Now that I think about it, I think the one thing we've got some pulsators, but I'd like to upgrade some of the water motion. Uh, Mix Lug- it up a Lucky bit. Duck revamped the swimmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, checking out some which of that new looks Lucky really Duck nice. So that might be something if we're hunting deeper water, especially in that boat. Like if you get out in the middle of the lake, you know, out there, um, the uh, the, HD the big floater. HD floater, just something more, you know, water motion on the water, something like that. Yeah, you don't want to we've use got, your HDI with a twenty-seven foot pole. We've got it. Yeah, we made a real long one once because, like, we we were on the northern side of the lake, and you got about six inches enough to put a foot in the water, and then it drops to ten feet. So like, yeah. So we had a you know long twelve foot. That we kept in the water, and then you just, you know, when you pull up, put your spinners on there. But that reminded me of time, I think it was like 2016, we got some poles for the spinners that were 15, 16 foot long. It was a game changer. Yeah. And if you don't want to go the long pole route. You mean, you did you just leave them like 14 feet in the air or? Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. So you, oh, you, you still kept them way up there, like above the trees, kind of spinning wing decoys. Gotcha. Jeez, I know some guys that used to hang them in trees. They'd hunt some timber and they'd hang their spinning wing in a tree. Now, really? how would you do that? I'm not sure exactly how they had them rigged, but they you they can would... hang the the power flight dove hangs mm-hmm. as an extra. They off would hang the... their spinning wings in a tree and then they'd lower them, turn them off, charge the batteries, and then raise them back up in the morning. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They said it was a game changer. For real deep water, Avery makes that buoy yeah. with the counterweight underneath. Remember those trees we used to on. sell? The pallets and pallets of dove or uh, duck decoy trees. The, oh, the Mallard uh, Motel. Swarm Mallard, Mallard Motel. Yeah. Mallard yeah. Motel. Yeah. yeah, I had a buddy who had one of those. Like a three-arm, gigantic. Was it you that had a video of it or Ed? Might have been Ed. I don't think I ever owned one. But I had a video of it. It looked good. It was at Smithville out on the water. And it had, had know, all he, these he mojos and everything. loaded different... up. Yeah. We still got a bunch of Lucky Snooses, which are great sock. Yeah, you know, trees. Like here for, uh, you know, when you get into snows and stuff. Mm-hmm. They work. But I don't know. See what the season brings me. Yes. Has anybody ever used the Mojo like 12 foot pole? Mm-mm. It is very, I mean, it works, but it is very complicated. Because if you want to use, like they say, I think 
I don't remember all the exact stats, but if you want to use 12 foot, you have to use every piece. If you want to use nine foot, you have to use piece A and C. If you want to use like a six foot pole, you have to use piece A and B. And it's like a puzzle every time you put it out. Hmm. But yeah, not everything goes together. I mean, you have to like mix match different poles to get to the get different lengths because nothing, none of the poles are the same length. So gotcha. if you know what type of depth you're dealing with, you have to figure out what poles to use to get your, your height on that mallard Interesting. pole. Interesting. What do you, you guys think of spinners? Like, do you use them all season long? Do you pull them out like I, after a few I weeks? Will, I will have one with me because I've got the Rogers double spinning wing backpack. So I always have like a pulsator, agitator, and a spinning wing, and I'll always put it out, but I, I don't always run it. But it's always there just in case because if, if I'm not using it late in the season and the birds just don't want anything of it, then I'll turn it on for a little bit and see if it does anything different. But I'm not always running it, but I've always have it. It's always there with me regardless, but I don't always use it. I kind of see what the birds are doing. Yeah. I always put it out. Yeah. Uh, oh. But I always run it on a timer, intermittent, no matter what. It's on an intermittent timer. And then I don't really feel like mo- – I don't really feel like most days when, when ducks, you know, shy away from it that it's that – That it's that. Particular that decoy's fault. No, it could be the hide more often than not. could be the hide. Sometimes we're lazy. Mm-hmm. could be that just they do not want to be there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be where the ducks want to be, you know that type of stuff. But I, I've never really had, I've never really seen bad flares that you're like, oh, that's got to be the spinning wing. But have so. you ever had a time where you're hunting with spinning wing out in the spread and you feel like because of the spinner, that's why that de- that duck decoyed? Yeah, I would say so. I don't know because I've always had it out, <laughs> so I'd have to get rid of it. I mean, we get a lot of surprises when we hunt every year. You know, ducks that just show up in our spread, and they, you just hear a splash, or you see you, you have one dead to rights twenty yards, and you didn't call at it, you didn't even hide. You know, someone could be standing around, and that duck just bombed in because it wanted to be there. Yeah. And I don't think that duck would have. You know, it's, you still don't know if the, if that duck just wanted to be there because there were decoys out, or if that was spinning wings, but. You, you know, and I know that feeling you're talking about, and I've had it happen with a spinner. I'm trying to think if I've ever had it with just water motion, but I know exactly what you're talking about. You're not paying attention. You're everybody's just kind of chilling, maybe resting their eyes, and then somebody's like ducks, decoys. They just landed. You know, I, I yeah. know, it, but the spinner's been running. I'm trying to think if I've had that happen with just like a splasher of some sort, no spinning wing. Yeah, but if you could choose one or the other, water motion. You're taking water motion. If I only had one choice, you only have one choice. You're not. You can't give me some swimmers and some agitators and something to wrestle up the water. Yeah, I feel like we sell that. It just seems like the uptick in water motion. Where are you going with Josh? If you had to choose between the two, water motion for sure. Yeah, man, I might have to be the odd one out. Especially, I I might have to go flash. Okay, Chandler, how many how many spinners do you normally put out? Two at most. I don't, but I know, I mean, I've seen other spreads that have like six out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those guys win. Yeah. I'll tell you the truth. True. Sometimes when you see like the freaking carnival They're out there. Everything out well, there. Well, how about this? Maybe one day this year I'll take a day and do a hunt where I use like six spinners. Yep. 
then I'll take another day, kind of maybe the next day or whatever, and go only water motion. Try to keep the variables same, as close like same, to the same, same as spot, possible. Same, same spot. No same floaters, amount of just spinners and just water motion. Oh, just, yeah, no decoys. So you're not just even talking like six or a dozen floaters. Right. No, just okay. strictly electronic decoys. Okay. okay. That's a good That's series. a good, yeah. That would I'm, be a good. Because I'm just curious. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'd bring some just in case it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I'm I, I got to throw, I'll, I'll I'll just throw like out six, a few. Six Foley flocks and throw them out there. Yeah. No, that's a good, that would be a good, I'd like to see that. And then keep, you know, if the next day doesn't work, but win basically about the same, same spot, same weather conditions, as close to the same mm-hmm. as possible. But I, in big water, I've seen, I've seen like a, like a six dozen, maybe more duck decoy with like six to eight spinning wings going. I don't know about water motion. I've seen that just bring them in from on a string from the heavens. You well, know? I think it'd be different on big water versus like on a marsh. I was hundred percent on a marsh. Yeah. I'm maybe using two, but I'm using one, and and it just depends. I mean, on a marsh, if you need to get up higher, yeah, that long pole could really grab some attention. And typically, the water's on big water. You're getting some motion mm-hmm. versus yeah. stagnant marsh. pond or marsh or something that's, you know, not moving at all. Sure. There's nothing worse than looking out there and nothing's moving in your spring. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is going to be a That's when you got to get out there and walk around and stir up the dirt a little bit. Hey, don't don't discount an old jerk rig. No. no. Either. Mm-hmm. We got to do, do a video on that. What was that, chugging? Yeah, we chugging need that. Chug a duck. Well, we sh- yeah, we need to take some water motion style stuff out to the pond. Yep. A chug and duck, you know, a jerk rig, all these things. So the chug and duck, if I'm if I'm talking really about the right thing, videos. it's a it's a jerk rig, but the decoy has like a like a shovel front to it. Oh, I think you've shown me a video of this. So when you rip on this thing, it splashes like a four to five foot splash. Yeah, you get a lot more. Mm. You know, like if you're in the pool, like if you're in the pool and you're swinging your arm at the water and you're making contact and you make this huge splash at somebody or something like that. That's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. And seeing the drone shots of it, you can definitely tell something is splashing in the sun. That water is really making some reflections and really looking like something's going on. Mm -hmm. Something I've got to say about the jerk rig. Yeah. The jerk rig, when I'm layout hunting, I don't like it. Because I don't generally anchor down or stake out my boat. I just kind of tuck it into the weeds, and the weeds hold it in place. But if I start pulling on a jerk rig, my boat just slowly <laughs> starts creeping yeah. flow forward. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the front of the, on that duck rut chugging duck decoy, that front of that keel is super concaved, so... When you pull it back I'm and then it goes forward. I gotta get one of those this year. Yeah, when it goes forward it really throws water. I got I got one particular buddy who hunts with me sometimes that I could just hand that to him, be like, This is your job today. When I was young I had a yeah, I was the You're right. the jerk rig kid. Pat, pull the jerk rig. It's like, Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I got it. But yeah, don't discount those and you can, you can get into some jerk rigs for 25 bucks, yeah. 30 bucks. For sure. Or you can even, I mean, you can make one if you, you know. 
Yeah, you go just buy, go buy some, one. You go buy some decoy line. We gotta get the shock pack. You gotta get the shock cord, and you gotta get a weight, whatever that six is. Six pack of decoys, and yeah. you know whatever. But still, you can get some water movement that way. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in this uh, only spinning wing video. Yeah. We need to we need to definitely make sure we get that going. I think I, as, I think as the video goes on, if you like successfully shoot a bird over just spinning wings, next is you gotta successfully shoot a bird like feet down. Not necessarily water swat, but <clears throat> over the water landing. Mm-hmm. You gotta like not just if a you're fly shooting by. a bird that's just like checking it out, like kind of slowing their wings by and pass shooting it. Well, not really pass shooting, but if they're He's checking out it out, like kind of choke three and a half inch tees shooting. <laughs> that doesn't count. That duck. I don't really shoot that far. I did get one. <laughs> yeah. I'll need to upgrade my spinners if I do that because I've had a lot of casualties. Yeah, just let me know. I got I got a few. And so we're we doing like four and four or what are you? We'll do six and six. Six and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll do like some it. spinners up high, some down low in the middle. There you go. Make them look like a landing group. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to look ridiculous out there. Maybe not. So, Maybe yeah. it's a no decoy yeah, if you're, world if you're that done we live in. 30 in. minutes, you're not going to look ridiculous. I can just imagine. It, it just, I some can reason. Just see, yeah. <clears throat> he puts out six spinners. Boom. He's just on it. Everybody in the marsh is complaining. They're like, what does this guy have out? Everybody's selling their decoys on swapping <laughs> shops, coming into Rogers, buying twin packs. and Yeah. I don't know. The whole the whole feet down commitment might need the decoys to do it, but the spinning wing gets some mm. gets some hovering, you know. So what would you say is a good number of floaters then? Six, eight, twelve. Well, I don't think. Oh, I don't think you need the. You need. You know. I would you're say a good a shot. You can shoot a duck. You know, twenty yards over your spinners. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't want you to go out there and skunk yourself. So you're thinking you like a one to one ratio, one floater for one spinner. We could do that. Yeah, and then same, one-to-one for the water motion. Yeah. Oh, you mean try one decoy and one spinner? You, yeah. Well, yeah, like yeah. a one-to-one ratio. For every you know <clears throat> spinner, you put out one floater. Oh, gotcha. So, you'd be, yeah, it'd be just a dozen decoys, and it's a 50% ratio. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how we're talking about this. This is like the type of video ideas that I swore I would never do. <laughs> Guess what? But, but now, it gets but a now good... It, it's, now not, it's, it's not, not a Walmart challenge or a pawn shop yeah, challenge. In this it's instance, not trying a, to fish for views either. This is like, we have some science here yes. that we have to figure out. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I think this is Trust a really good comparison, though, too, of water motion versus air motion, spinning motion. So if you do six, every time you shoot a duck over the spinners, you remove a decoy. <laughs> Until the last duck has to come in. That's true. To know to the know. floaters. Yeah. Yes, you remove a floater every time you shoot a duck. Mm. So the the very last deco- or the very last duck for your you know, one after, floater and six spinners. Yeah, one floater and six spinners would be your very last duck. I wonder if it would change if you were timber hunting. Yeah, because well, usually don't you do don't that. get a like any water motion timber hunting do you yeah well you, yeah you gotta yeah. be kicking yeah you, you're, right, you're but kicking next to the tree kicking and jerk, jerk rigging. Rigging. yeah yeah but do spinners work as well yeah in timber i think they holes? do yeah i know guys that were hanging them 20 feet in the tree that's true yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean those those ducks flying over those little those treetops looking at these little holes i mean okay if they're not stale skittish yeah. and they see that flash they're gonna probably 
circle you at least. You got to calm down. Hmm. Well, be a good one. So is your where's your first place you go to for big ducks? Then that's out in Kansas, Nebraska. Oh, in Nebraska too. Mm-hmm. I didn't get on board with him. Y'all wait too late. He's mm-hmm. already hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the time your season's opened up, I've been hunting for a month. Yeah, yeah. big ducks anyway. True story. And your setup's totally different for teal versus big ducks. Like what you're bringing. Yeah. 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 He runs a, a true teal spread. Mm-hmm. Other than me. Do you hunt more decoys during teal than big ducks? No. 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 You know, teal season is usually two to three dozen teal decoys. Some spinners. I think you were saying you've got to the you don't take as much anymore. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where I'm going and the time of year, what the birds are doing. Boat situation. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it gets lost in translation or people forget, but, you know, they ask, how many do you need? I mean, that's a common question. Mm -hmm. How many do you need? Hey, I'm, you know, I'm getting into duck hunting. What's the minimum I need to start with? Um, I was always, and maybe I was wrong, but under the impression, you know, I think three dozen's a good number to have. Um, but if you can't afford three dozen, if you go to the right spot with a dozen, right. watch out. And I think yeah. I th- that's what I was getting to is I think what gets lost is the scouting principle mm-hmm. for duck hunting. Be in the right spot. Right, you scout for deer hunting. It's like 365 days a year. You're checking trails. You're you know, planting crops. You're doing food plots. You're putting out mineral. You're doing all this stuff, checking rubs and scrape lines and all this stuff and but you know when it comes to ducks it's you know you're looking for the water sources and the you know the patterns and checking the hatch and numbers and just all that you know to kind of see what you need to do and you got to be in the right spot Mm -hmm. you could have 30 dozen ducks bred out there and eight spinners and 12 motion decoys (laughs) I've seen that before. And if you're in the wrong spot, yeah, you're not shooting any. Yeah, you're sightseeing. You're just doing a lot practice. of work. Yeah, getting a lot, getting of, work a lot of practice. Doing a lot of boys. work and watching a lot of songbirds fly around. Hello. Yeah, easy. But, you know, so there's some something to be said for scouting birds, too. Definitely. I mean, you, like when you went to North Dakota, were you talking about you were finding them and looking and seeing Oh yeah, we, where I they're mean, we scouted at. hard. Yeah, you couldn't just pick a random field and set right. up. Right. So something new I'm doing is I'm throwing in shovelers. I've never had shoveler decoys, and I think we see them, and I love the color. So I didn't have, you know, my past duck decoy spread. I didn't have a ton of color. Um, I had a few pintails, but I had a lot of mallards and gray ducks, and a couple of wood ducks. But like that white, that pop off the feet, you know, off the water. I didn't have any blue bills or anything like that. But I think I'm going to throw some shovelers in there. Do you think? Good idea. Six pack. Yeah. Do you think there's a on the color? You're talking about how you like the color of shovelers, but let's just take mallards, right? And you've got the late season, so it's more vibrant and white, and then your normal Mm -hmm. mallard color, and then the early season mallards, right? Would it matter, though, what you used? Do you think that affects 
like the color. Let's say I used late season, you know, January mallards in the opening of the season. So they're. I, I don't think it'd matter. I mean, do you think that's really gonna flare a duck? Flare them off? That eh? Them ducks down there look a little white. <laughs> you know. No, I don't think or it'll make a difference. I don't think. No. Okay. I do think it's cool to see both colors. Like, Someone might be wondering that, you know, mm-hmm. and well, especially that, for me because I don't. It's like what Chandler was talking about, mixing up the, the brands of mallards because they all look a little different. Yeah. Yeah. The, the head colors are a little bit different. The body colors are different. Mm-hmm. The body shapes are different. You know, if you threw in some late seasons, you have, you know, a six-pack in there that's right a little bit lighter than the others. It just looks different head positions just all the variations of yeah instead of it looking like i, ro- of I like robot you, out you there bought mm-hmm. six dozen you know i mean there's nothing wrong with this but you bought sure. six dozen storm fronts they're all the same head position you know everything looks exactly everything the exactly the same you kill birds over them 100 percent. something new for me too that i learned was the rigging them up front or back yeah yeah i i mean i don't know why i didn't i just most everybody, you just clip them on the front of the keel, and mm-hmm. you're off and running. And I never thought about. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it seems kind of odd. If the wind's shifty and you're not in like a current or something area, your ducks will kind of they're not all look the anyway. exact same. But, but yeah, if you get any type of constant wind or current, they're all going to go. What one ratio direction. do you rig yours front to back? I like to do about twenty five percent. I'm more than that for sure. Um. I'm 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 almost fifty, but probably not almost probably not fifty. But well, that'll be something I change up this year, though. That maybe I'm gonna 40, pass maybe forty percent. I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts if you run fifty percent front and back. Mm-mm. No, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, but probably minimum twenty five percent. Yeah, that's, a good yeah start. exactly. If you've got a dozen, do four. Mm-hmm. You know, or do three. Three. Sorry, I think I want some more duck. <laughs> I want some more duck butts this year. Thirty percent. Here's my math. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna do that. Listening to you guys talk about that, I just, you know. I mean, the, one of the big eye openers for me early on, as I watched Scott Trinan had a video, Duck Society maybe, something like that, Duck Behavior. So he had all these videos like Goose Society and stuff. Would go through, and he talk about geese and different times of the year and what they're doing and the calls that they're making and what you know that. That, what the spread should look like in these years, and he did the duck one, and it was awesome. He uh, he filmed some ducks in North Dakota. Somehow he got on a ledge that looked over top, directly over top of them, and these ducks were feeding. They were probably invertebrates or something, feeding a shallow water area, and these ducks were going crazy. They were jumping over each other's backs. All their feet were out of the water. All their tails were going up every couple seconds. It did not look like like a decoy spread with all your ducks with their head up in the air. Uh-huh. 90, 80% of the ducks, their head were skimming or underwater. And they were just jumping over top of each other and the water's going nuts. So if I can manipulate that, I think I'm showing that I'm looking, you know, I'm looking like a duck feed. But the, okay, yes. That's, but is that, was that in a crop area like flooded corn or millet or something where it was, it was a in feed? A, it was in a natural, it was in a, it looked like a natural ditch, like a, okay. uh, just some, it wasn't in like flooded corn, like, like you would see. Yeah. You know, 
somebody who planted it and flooded it and you know gotcha it was a natural setting it wasn't anything man okay man-made or anything and they were just they're feeding in the under the water and all you know whatever i think they're feeding on invertebrates or something like that but they were just going crazy and they would not sit still hmm. now on the big lake when you see them kind of come in and loaf yeah they're kind of all head up and they're just chilling they're that's just more their laning spot they're before loafing. they go out to their feet they're loafing they're just hanging out okay you know but i don't know i feel like some good hen calls and hen chatter and a, and a spread that looks like it's butt ups and feeders and agitators and pulsators and all that stuff. I think it would right. be very attractive. Uh, for me, that's just what I like to put out. What I want to what I want to look like is something like that. Yeah. One thing, if we can go over it again, that you were talking about, Josh, was your calling. And one, this is so I can learn something too. Um, and I'm not great at calling and I rarely call if I'm with people that actually know what they're doing Um, but I I don't know if you were saying it you call on the on the corners on the corners corners. Mm -hmm. so um, want so take me through you're sitting there you see some ducks in the distance I see them I say hey how are you you'll let them know hey I'm over here yep what is it? Five quiet cadence right there. Just yeah, something, just nothing crazy. Yeah. See if they'll turn. See what they're doing. Okay. Read them a little bit. All right. And if they kind of glide over a little bit, I'll hit them again. If they come swing over, don't commit all the way. Just kind of a marginal shot, you know. They swing out. You wait a couple seconds. And, uh, hey, how are you? Come on back. Okay. So you're just basically saying, you know, get your attention back on me. And then once your attention's there, I like to stay quiet. And then when do you? utilize is it the hail call or something i don't you don't Mm -mm. but people do yeah there's there's people that that just like when it's like oh shoot they're leaving (laughs) it's like no please come back to me is that that call well the only time i'll really use a a high ball is if i see a duck short stopping me so like they're landing at 80 yards as they're coming down i'll hit them hard Sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't, but that's what okay. I like. I kind of use an excited duck in that scenario. If I feel like they're going to come, come short, I'll just go really fast and really excited with, like, just a, 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 a cadence. But they're just something that, you know, their attention goes, oh, and then they, they kind of hover a little bit and come in a little bit closer. So on the corners, is it just one quack? Just No, you'd give them a cadence yeah. okay, or a series of cadences. But not too gotcha. loud. Don't blow them out. And then... You know, they're kind of swinging. So if you see them turn, they start to swing back, nothing. And you're waiting to see what they'll do. Or you can give them single quacks or feeder chuckles coming in. I mean, I don't do the machine gun. I do like a tick, 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 tick. I just kind of sound like a few ducks kind of doing it. I mean, you just got to kind of replicate the sounds of what your decoy spread is trying to do. Right. If you have 10 decoys out it's not going to sound like a refuge full of mallards. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, everybody behind mm-hmm. you, the brass band all going. Yeah. yeah. No, but, and, you know, and they hit it on the corners, you know, if they keep coming back into it and they keep circling, but they're not, they're dropping a little bit, but they're not fully like, hey, I'm done. I'm, I'm committed. I've cupped up. I've slowed down. I'm, I'm making my descent into your spread. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I hit them on that corner and they seemed interested, I give them a second and I'll hit them one more quack. One more quack. 
and one more quack, and I almost just quack them right down to the ducks because mm-hmm. they just need that confidence the whole way down. Most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the times, you get them on the corners and they commit. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people will overcall ducks. It's just that's what happens. Yeah. But I think if you take a second to kind of look at, you know, what's going on and you're able to read the ducks and you can keep their attention on you without calling too much, you have more chances of, you know, keeping your eyes up on where the birds are, what they're doing. You, I like to pick my bird before it even comes into the set, the bird that I'm going to shoot. So as they're committing, I'm looking through the, the group and I'm saying, okay, that bird is the first one I'm going to shoot. That bird's the second one I'm going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And so instead of spending my time calling and trying to do other things, I st- try to be focused as they're f- doing that final commitment to where I'm able to go, boom, I'm raising up, I'm shooting the high bird first, then I'm going down and shooting the low bird. Have you ever got to the third bird? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There's video <laughs> evidence of it. Yeah. If, if you guys have any questions about calling or some of the stuff we're talking about, Bobby Hayes over at Ducklander. Check out his Instagram page. Yeah. Ducklander. His YouTube channel, too. Or yeah, his YouTube. But especially on Instagram, Ducklander Call Company, man. He, he puts out some reels, especially recently going into the season, where he talks yeah. about calling on the corners and stuff like that. And he really breaks it down pretty simple, which is which is good for anybody. Anybody yeah. can pick up on it, whether you're just beginning or you're a seasoned hunter. I'll make sure I watch those. So going back to like everybody calling an eyeball, there is one day that we're sitting out, big water, front day, big flights of mallards. We had 120 decoys out. Uh, we had a lot of decoys out. This is back in the day when you can get a, a blind and lay your, keep your decoys out. You know, Mark right. Midkiff and everybody. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he was there on this day. Yeah. I think 40 mallards, I think we're flying over. And, when, and this happened to us a couple times. Big flocks of migrators flying over. And we were just trying to be normal. One person would call at them. Another person would call at them. But we were kind of kind of not trying to overblow them, but they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Finally, we got so fed up to seeing like these 30 and 40 packs. And then they were up in the air. I mean, a couple hundred yards. I mean, they weren't close. And they were just cruising over where we were at. Mm-hmm. We hit this group. I think six people called, and we called our hearts out. It sounded like you put all the contest callers on one stage and just went to town. And we brought down this 30 to 40 pack of mallards from the heavens. And Jeez. it had to have been because we went nuts. But it was a windy day, you know. Probably all the calling we were doing on those other groups wasn't heard, you know. But that one time when that big group flew over, we went nuts, and they came back down, and we actually got – everybody got shots off, and it was great. That Makes was the only sense. one time I've ever seen that happen or work, and it was, it was funny. It was just a – it was just a wild card. It's just, hey, let's try this because nothing else is working. Do you like to have the – See, I'm trying to. Do you like the? What's your favorite wind coming over your back straight away, or do you like a left to right, so they're landing, coming across your face instead of straight on? It depends on where my hide is. Yeah, that's really the determining factor. I prefer over my back, but also they're just coming straight into you. Yeah, I mean, I've shot them with the wind in my face before too, but that's very undesirable. Yeah, Yeah. 
That was that I've was had a, it that was a weatherman error. I'll tell you that much. They do that a lot. I've had that change on me. And they're perfect. Thinking that, and then as it yeah, the sun's coming up. I'm like, uh oh. Well, here's what happened. This was going to be a long season. day. This was last season, and so it was right when things were starting to freeze up. So I take my kayak into the marsh, and there's quite a bit of ice, and so I'm breaking through probably a quarter to half inch of ice with my kayak. And so I'm looking at the weather. Like, the wind is kind of, like, swirling around. I can't really tell for myself which way it's coming from. So I check my phone to look at the weather and just to see where the wind's coming from. And it says it's an east wind. I go, what? Because if you guys know anything, we never really get an east wind. Mm-mm, not very often. And I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. It kind of feels like it's out of the east a little bit. So I take my time take my kayak and push it around to break up the ice hole, take my kayak paddle, push all the ice chunks out of the way, make my hole, set my spread, find a decent little place to hide. As the sun's coming up, the wind is prevailing out of the west. Mm. Oh, well, I guess this is going to be how it is today. Yeah. I think I shot like five that day, but yeah, that was frustrating. And sometimes, too, at you get the, uh, like at Smithville, which is where I've gone most of the time. You get the high banks mm-hmm. behind you and then the tree line. And so sometimes I feel like the ducks, let's just say they're coming head on, they're not ready to go yet, but then they get on the other side of the trees and then they're gone. It's like there's a factor because it's not easy for them to swing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's what like you hunt a hunting a reservoir and you have like a, a high tree line next to you. Like sometimes they just check short of landing into right. the trees like that. And then the worst is when the wind accidentally does come into your face. So they're yeah. landing away from you and the tree lines right, right behind, behind you. you. And they're landing way out, yards there. out there. Yeah. You know. And then and I don't I don't know which way's right, but hunting a reservoir like that and you put your ducks you know, 20 yards off, 20 yards off the bank, you know, I feel like ducks that aren't sure about an area, they stay away from the bank. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you know, they're either, there's, there's a predator somewhere, you know, on the bank and they're, they're avoiding it, which is not a good look when you're hunting or they're, mm-hmm. or they're new and they don't know the area and they're just kind of, they're not sure of the area. But if you, you put out your duck decoy spread and you do bring some of those decoys First off, you know, they're all facing different directions, and then you do bring them up close to the bank that shows more of a confidence to where that place is safe. You don't have to worry about anything. You know, that's something to think about. But, yeah, I hunt when I hunt big water like that, I try to find, a like, a point in a peninsula that really helps the swings. Yeah. Because they have, you know, you know, if you look at it as a clock, you have more of the clock open to, to fly and swing over. Right. So... Sometimes up against tucked up, back in a cove or something against a flat bank to where they yeah. they only have a they have a, like they have full commit or nothing you know it's right. hard for them to fly it's, once they go past the trees they got to get up higher you know mm-hmm. and they can't keep losing you know height yeah. yeah I've just had that where it's I feel like they wanted to come in and maybe the area we were in with the terrain it just made it yeah you know a little too difficult so they're like eh I'm moving on yeah definitely happens yeah makes sense man i can't believe it's almost that time i know yeah i gotta get all my stuff together still i'm just sitting here thinking about saturday going teal hunting 
I have a wedding to go to on Saturday too. And oh I, boy! My wife said I can go. I just can't be tired. Well, good thing you got coffee. Mountain House or Mountain not Mountain House Mountain House Ignite. You yeah. know. Yep. And coffee. Maybe a nap if I can swing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. for some reason, a couple months ago, I scheduled a softball tournament in Texas on the opening day of Teal season. So that's going to suck. You get yeah. the second weekend. The second weekend's always a little rough, too. It is. You'd be hitting dingers instead of teal birds. Yep. Teal birds. Yep. Swinging for the fences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think on Saturday, I, I mean, I'm not going to be able to scout, so I'm going to just kind of wing it. So I think I'm going to just go hunt a mud flat and see what happens. Sunday's going to be the good day. It drops like 10 degrees from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. So I'll watch what's going on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll find a good place to just kind of post up and maybe shoot something, but I'll keep my eyes out and see what's going on. Take the big boat out for the first time this year. Oh, yeah. Go hunt a bit of a long haul for the layout boat. Go hunt a couple of them farm ponds up where we deer hunt. This Get weekend? Some of them. Yeah. Get some of them uh, teal that are always fluttering around. Do you it. You got some up there? Yeah. Just got to get, you know, just for fun. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Go hide behind some cow panels. Mm-hmm. Do it. How's up, uh, how's Tyson looking on the water and everything? I don't, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't asked about water. They're not really doing any teal hunting for really clients just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. Gotcha. I didn't know if you knew if you knew if they had water or I did, I, I that mean, area. I don't think Nottaways had water for years for teal hunting. It's yeah, a couple of years ago. I mean, it's always been really low. It's pretty much just like boat boat lanes have water, and nothing mm-hmm. else does. Yeah, and it depends on what side either. Yeah, the uh, east side was what I remember hunting years and years ago during teal season. There wasn't much water, but there was, and. Uh, but I didn't know with Bob being back in action. What that's you know, going to yeah, I honestly don't know. Are the draws for all those places done? When did they do all? You know where you put for the yearly the one for like you get like you get like your shoot, you know you kind of I don't do think they're and you do Bob Brown. I don't think they're done. That's I'm gonna look that up. I wonder when the. I was thinking they were done already. Like they did them in August to get your dates for the year, but maybe. Maybe not. I can't remember. I don't know. I we can't keep in. track of it all the time anymore. Like I used yeah. to. We put in for a bunch last year. We got one date. Really? And it, was, <laughs> and it was New Year's Day, which is like the worst day. One, it's by then most everything's frozen up, um, especially at those places. And two, it's right after New Year's Eve. And you know what you were doing on New Year's Eve? You are sleeping. No. <laughs> and so... That makes a long day. Yes. Uh, we didn't go. No. Probably not. Like, and it was, you know, everything was frozen. So that makes, go yeah, that, that's what Break makes it ice tough. all the way out to those blinds at some of those places. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just too much. I'm trying to find it here. Preseason draw. I don't see dates. Hmm. 
I see a bunch of stuff about in-season draw. Now we can figure it out for a later podcast. Yeah, I mean, when I just was wondering if I think the for the whole season to get, I think that's done. But I believe no. Oh well, I was trying to get some intel. Yeah. See if I missed it, which I think I did. So that's all right. I can't imagine putting in for a date. You're saying, huh? Yeah, I guess I'm gonna hunt November 27th at this spot. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Ima- I can't imagine doing that. You put in for, you know, you just you work around it, you know, so not away and Grand Pass and Bob Brown and you get drawn for them and then pick which dates and yeah. at least you, well, you're guaranteed then to be able to go. You're not in the pill line. Yeah. Poor man's line, whatever they call it. That's all I've ever in known ho- growing up. In hopes that you get drawn. Sure. Because then your backup is driving all the way back home or yeah i don't know if they do walk-ins anymore at some of them they might walk-in spots mm-hmm. but they do on some areas but that's a long morning when you don't get drawn you get up at two o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. you gotta drive way up there get in line yeah, good old 2 a.m wake up so. hopefully you get a pill how many times have you been like it's not no point in sleeping i'm just gonna stay up till two and go right <laughs> it's yeah. been done Plenty of times. That was me in college. Not mm-hmm. so much anymore. No, I Bet, can't do that anymore. Bedtime's hope, like hope 10 the o'clock. person driving slept, and then you can just sleep on the way. Yeah. So the preseason draw looks like it is still available. Okay. But I don't have dates. For some reason, I can't find that anywhere. Gotcha. All right. Something to look into. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're about a buck and a quarter in. Are we? Yeah. Time to, time to gather the gear and make sure your stuff's ready and... Yeah. Hit the seasons. Yeah, it's we've done a couple of podcasts if you go way back in our list about preseason. I mean, we've done it like we did it like every year. I didn't yeah. really want to do a preseason get ready pod, a podcast no, again again nah. for the third and fourth time. But you can go back and listen to that. We talk about, you know, prepping decoys and getting your waders ready and all that good stuff. Yep. Yep. Now's yeah. the time. Do it. Don't wait till the morning of. No. So. No. Until next time. Yeah, it's going to be everybody listening. We'll be in October. We might. Josh will have some duck updates. Yep. Pat might think about getting a deer stand one of these days. Yep. I'm going to try. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, go ahead and give us a subscribe. That way, you're going to get a notification every time we put out a new podcast. Chandler, what else should they do? Go to our uh, social media pages and give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Uh, get a subscribe to YouTube channel. We do uh, product reviews there. And then uh, giveaways is a great part of our social media as well. And then we just want to thank you guys for what you guys do and support us so we can do stuff like this. So thank you.